You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. So I've been reading a lot in Hosea and I've been bothering Steve with it for the past month. And in light of this song, Do It Again, we often look at, I've seen you move the mountains and I'll see you do it again as... I'll see you pay the bills again, or I'll see you provide again, or I'll see you do this again. But when you look at the story of Hosea, um, God instructs this prophet to marry a prostitute. And they have three kids, and life is going great, and then all of a sudden he wakes up one day and she's gone. And God says, go find her. And this is a, in what we would call today, he's a pastor. And he's got to go to the red light district and ask around the brothels and go to places where pastors should not be to find his wife. And God says, buy her back. And when you start to understand, his wife's name was Gomer. Gomer is a representation of us. We are Gomer. As many times as I've sold myself to things that I should not have any business being a part of, he'll buy me back. He'll do it again and again and again. And again, Hosea, the word Hosea means salvation and Gomer means completion. Without him, I have no salvation. And yeah. without me, he's not complete. Hmm. He'll do it again. Man. I don't care where you found yourself. I don't care how depressed you are. I don't care how broke you are, how far you think you are from God. He will buy you back again. Yeah. So there's your, there's your little Zach inspiration for the morning. <laughs> The music industry has thrived for decades on a singular song theme, love. Who's got it? Who doesn't? What's love got to do with it? Songwriters have been telling the age-old story from the beginning. Love causes us to rejoice when we have it and weep when we don't. What our world needs now, as the song goes, is love, sweet love. God knew this before even troubadours ever did. The world has always needed love, and God demonstrated real love to us in this way. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life, John 3.16. As people were waiting for the promised Messiah, they couldn't have imagined they were waiting for love to come down. But love came down at Christmas, and with God's gift of love came the good news that his love was for all the people. The angel announcing Jesus' arrival told the shepherds on the hillside, Don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A savior has just been born in David's town, a savior who was Messiah and master. God sent the whole world a savior, a rescuer, a redeemer. He sent the Messiah, the anointed one, the king of all kings. This tiny baby boy born in humble Bethlehem would be what the world needed most before they even knew they needed him. Love, real love. Not everyone agreed. Fear of being overthrown and overpowered caused Herod to try to kill them. Fear of his growing following and radical teaching caused the Pharisees to have him killed. Jesus could have avoided death, 
he could have refused. But love lives courageously when life looks away. So Jesus laid down his life for the world in love. And in the death of Jesus, God completed his best gift to all the world. For God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. As we light the candle of love, we remember that love came down so that love could lay his life down. So now we await his love coming again. Until that day, we will strive to fulfill Jesus' challenge to all those who came to him, to call him Savior and Master. Love each other as I have loved you. Father, how great is the love that you have lavished on us, that we are called children of God, and that is what we are, the gift you gave to us in Jesus. Your Son makes us sons and daughters of the Most High. No greater love has been shown. Now you call us to love others in the same way. As we wait for your love to come down once more, may our lives show the love we have received from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke 2, verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the heavens, highest heavens, and peace on earth to those whom God has pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for, they had all, they, for all they had heard and seen. It is just as the angel had told them. You may be seated. May the Lord uh, lead us in the understanding of his word this morning. So, welcome home. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. And that's just our way of saying wherever you are on your journey of life and your spiritual journey, welcome home. We believe you can find a place to belong here at Awaken Church. Thanks for joining us online as well. We're very thankful for those who uh, watch and engage in worship from online. So your presence is greatly appreciated as well. my name is Pastor Stephen. For those who don't know, I'm the pastor slash church planter of Awaken Church, and we have an awesome team that you met some of them leading worship earlier, and uh, we also have an awesome team of people that are behind behind the scenes called our prayer warriors, and um, one of those prayer warriors is a dear friend of mine, and uh, her name is Pastor Tina, and uh, she and her husband Steve are visiting with us for the weekend, and uh, she was, when I was pastoring a church in Arkansas, she was one of my associate pastors and probably my, my favorite one to have teach in my place because I really like her teaching and preaching. And so I asked Pastor Tina if she would bring us the message this morning. So uh, I want to just turn that over to her and let her take on. And I'll tell you right now, she's probably going to throw something at y'all. So just be ready. All right. All right. Tina, come on up. Good morning. Good morning. 
Oh, come on. You could do better than that. Good morning. Good morning. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) The church that we're at in Hot Springs, Arkansas, they have a service at 8.30. So by this time, we're like, Um, and wide awake because we've had way too much coffee by this time. Um, So I am very, very happy to be here, and I'm so glad that Steve is here with you all and that you get to be pastored by him. Um, I met Steve when we were both youth pastors in Oklahoma, and the first time I met him, I think his hair was orange. Um, And I can remember going to some youth conference and sitting, like, towards the back and thinking... Who is that really weird dude up there like bouncing up and down to the worship with the orange hair and got to meet him and got to become friends with he and Shelly and they are two of my best friends in the whole entire world so I'm very blessed to know them and you are very blessed to be pastored by them so um, so I just want you to know that that you are blessed so um, I get to talk about the sound of hope today and I will warn you that I will throw something but I won't tell you when it's coming. So that means you have to pay attention, or it could hit you, <laughs> and you won't know when it's coming. So, Okay, so the sound of hope. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. See, I don't know about you, But 99.9% of the time, Christmas is not silent, and it's not quiet. Because what other holiday has so much going on that there are things going out in September for Christmas? And what other holiday has its own music catalog? And what other holiday has so many movies that Hallmark has devoted three entire channels to all the movies that they're playing all the time? 24-7 from Thanksgiving through like what January I think everywhere you go Salvation Army bells are ringing Santa Claus is ho ho hoing choirs are singing the lights are flashing Christmas carols are blaring and lines upon lines upon lines upon lines of people right right what about the very first Christmas Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. That makes it sound like Bethlehem was right out of Twas the Night Before Christmas, went all through the house. Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. And that's not true either. Because... Luke 2 tells us that when the time came for Jesus to be born, that Caesar Augustus, who was the ruler in Rome, had ruled that everyone everywhere that Rome was ruling over had to go and be counted in a census. So that means that all of the people everywhere were traveling to go to their hometowns where all of their relatives were from in order to be counted so that they could levy a tax against them. And so Joseph and Mary went from Nazareth to Bethlehem because Joseph was related. He was the great, 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 great. He was a lot of greats grandson of King David from the Old Testament. So if Joseph and Mary are traveling, then everybody has to travel. And so that's why there wasn't any room for them when they got to the place where they were gonna stay and they had to stay where all the animals were being kept. 
So when you have wall-to-wall -wall people shouting from the merchants, you've got the anticipation of paying way too many taxes, parents are trying to keep track of their kids in the crowds, you've got short tempers, animals are everywhere. That sounds like Walmart right now, doesn't it? <laughs> you know Bethlehem is far from being still and dreamy and quiet. So with all the noise going on, I think that it's a relief to sleep with a few sheep like they got to do back then. But there's a lot of noise today that it competes for our attention. How many of you have your phone with you? And you have a smartphone, yeah. Apps and smartphones and our social media and the internet gives us an endless barrage of political ads, mass shootings, wars, deficits, tuition skyrocketing, Natural disasters, financial disasters, terrorism, homelessness, identity theft, threats of nuclear war, hate crimes, high medical bills, unemployment, the machines are going to take over the world. And the list goes on and on and on and on. And if you listen to the noise long enough, it feels and it sounds like it's hopeless. If you aren't listening to the sound of hope. And that's what today's Advent focuses on, is on the sound of hope. Last week I heard Pastor Steve explaining that Advent means what? Do you remember? Arrival. Arrival. That's cheating. <laughs> the anticipation of the coming of the Christ child. Now how many of you have heard the term selective hearing? Okay. If you're married, whose spouse has selective hearing? <laughs> and it usually means when someone only listens to what they want to hear. And there really is a scientific phenomenon called aud selective auditory attention or selective hearing. So it's a method that they use with hearing aids to help people tune out the world and the unnecessary distractions. So it helps that when people need to hear their television or telephone conversations. So you can actually train your ears to be able to hear what you need to hear and tune out all the unnecessary noise. And so the good news about the sound of hope is that you can train your heart to hear only the good news. You can train your heart to hear the important stuff and tune out all the rest. So I wanna try an experiment this morning, and that means you have to be awake for this. On the count of three, as loud as you can, I want you to yell your name as loud as you can so I can hear your name over the rest of everybody else's names, okay? So, I want to be able to tell who you are. One, two, three. Whoa, that was awesome. <laughs> okay, let's do it again. One, two, three. Okay, well, let's do it again, but this time I want you to just yell the name of Jesus, and I want to hear you over everybody else, okay? So, one, two, three. Jesus! Did you hear the difference? You can train your heart to hear the sound of hope, which is Jesus, over all the rest of that noise. Because what the world wants to do is try to make it yell over the sound of Jesus, just like I tried to get you to yell over the sound of everybody else. That's what the world is trying to do. So I want to teach you how to do that through the story of the shepherds that Pastor Steve read to us today. So we're going to meet some guys who learned to listen to the sound of hope. 
and we're going to learn how we can train our ears and our heart to hear that today. So the first sound of hope is to do not be afraid. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. So shepherding was considered a noble occupation by some, but there was a downside to being a shepherd. Number one, the sheep had to be watched at all times because sheep are stupid. And they would just wander off if somebody's not watching them. And they would get stuck places if somebody's not watching them. And so they had, these shepherds had a hard time going to church and keeping a pure, keeping purity or being pure as the Pharisees deemed that they had to, the religious leaders at that time. So they weren't allowed in the temple. So the guys who were keeping the sheep in order for the people to be able to do the sacrifices weren't allowed in the temple in order to do a sacrifice, which was really crazy. So they couldn't keep the Sabbath because the sheep needed to be protected. Shepherds spent most of their time in the fields away from their family, away from society. So they didn't get a whole lot of like conversation with humans. They were considered part of the lower class. And so they were unnoticed by a lot of those in power. So what are some modern day occupations of some of those people? They might be like, did I go away? Um, Okay, like garbage collectors, night watchmen, those road um, construction crews who like tear up the roads while everybody else is sleeping, um, plumbers, taxi drivers, someone whose job it is to work at night while everybody else is supposed to be sleeping. Verse 9 says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and that they were terrified. So the shepherds are out there, they're minding their own business, they're probably huddled around this small little fire to keep warm, they're talking quietly amongst themselves, and then BAM! Right in the middle of the night, floodlight, surprise, there's an angel in the brightest light you've ever seen, and the shepherd's first response is, oh, that was nice. No, they're completely terrified. The, word, the Greek word here is phobeo, which we actually get our word phobia from, and it means to fear a great fear. So how often have you been doing what you do, just sitting around minding your own business, and then BAM! Something happens! And something comes flying out in the air like that! And just BAM! Totally unexpected! Life hits you like that, and you're just minding your own business. All of a sudden, did it not go back far enough? Because I got more. Because I can do another BAM! <laughs> Somebody in your family gets sick or they die. Or your best friend all of a sudden hates you and you have no idea in the world what you did. Your car gets totaled. You lost your job. You failed the final. Your family's in turmoil. One minute, you're just doing your job. And the next minute, you're fearing a great fear. But wait a minute. Do you hear what I hear? Christian, do you have something for me? Do I? Uh-huh. Is this thing? It is. There it is. You've been dumb before, Charlie Brown, but this time you really did it. What a treat. 
I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. So do, if you know Charlie Brown, what's he known for? He's wishy-washy, exactly. And what is Linus known for? What? His blanket. Lucy, Snoopy, Charlie Brown, all the characters are always trying to take that blanket away from, from him. Always. They make fun of him all the time. And it doesn't matter how much they try to make fun of him, he's never going to let go of that blanket because it's his security blanket. Until that scene right there. And when he says, fear not, did you notice? He dropped the blanket. At that moment, fear not, he drops the blanket. And it's such a simple little act, but Charles Schultz was trying to tell us something at that moment, the guy who wrote this. Jason Sarosky wrote in his blog about this scene, and he said, looking at it now, it's pretty clear what Charles Schultz was saying through this, that the birth of Jesus separates us from our fears. That the birth of Jesus allows us to drop our false security that we've been grasping so tightly and learn to trust and cling to God instead. That we live in a world which is very hard to fear not. But in the midst of fear and insecurity, the simple cartoon image from 1965, I was born in 1966, it's older than me, continues to live on as an inspiration for us to seek true peace and true security in the one place that it's always been and that it will always be found. So the sound of hope is to fear not. Because when the angel appeared and that glory of the Lord shone around them, the glory of the Lord was God himself. That was the presence and the power of God. That fear not means that God has come to be with us. That's what Emmanuel means, that God is with us. Emmanuel is Savior and Lord. The second way that we hear the sound of hope is, is the praising of God. In verse 13 it says, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, as if one angel wasn't enough to freak them out. Now we have an entire army of angels who come and they praise God. Can you imagine the sound of ten Sunday service choirs all singing at the same time? 
Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains, and the mountains in reply, echoing their joyous strains. Gloria in excelsis Deo. In excelsis Deo means glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The words that the angel spoke or sang are full of hope for us even today because the child born in Bethlehem is the greatest revelation of the glory of God. And the coming of the child will bring peace to all of God's people. The prophet Isaiah said of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. And God gives us peace. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. He came to give us peace. Paul said that Jesus himself is our peace. John Piper said that, from, uh, that the peace of Christ can never be separated from Jesus himself. That if we want peace to rule in our hearts and in our lives, then Christ has to rule in our hearts and in our lives. That a heart bent on having the peace of God has to show the glory of God within it. So do you hear what I hear? It's the sound of hope. That that hope of Jesus is our peace when we make Jesus the focus of our praise. Amen. If you make anything else the focus of your praise, you're not going to have peace. Right. And so the sound of hope is peace spreading everywhere that Jesus is received. The second or the third way that we hear the sound of hope is when we investigate Jesus together. That's what we're doing right now. The sound of hope is when we're investigating him together. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Hey, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby which was lying in the manger. So they say that the shepherds were probably two to five miles away from Bethlehem. So as soon as the angels left, the shepherds went to investigate. Now they went looking for Jesus, and it's dark, and they don't have smartphones, so they don't have a, an app to help light the way. You know, last night I was looking for something at Steve's house and it was dark and I got out my phone immediately and turned it on so I can look for it. They don't have that. They're just gonna have to find their way in the dark. They don't have street lights. They don't have flashlights. They don't have anything. And they even left the sheep where they were. That was bad. That's their job. And so they didn't have, even have time to call somebody to cover their shift. Can you imagine just taking off from your job? i got to go find Jesus right now, sorry. <laughs> I think you would be fired immediately. But they took off because responsibility for the sheep could not keep them from Jesus. And the time of night could not keep them from Jesus. The amazing news had to be checked out. And they were going together to find the Messiah that the angel had told them about. Now that word found in verse 16 doesn't mean that they just happened upon him. It means that they found him after a search. So it probably took them considerable time going door to door. Now can you imagine opening your door and these guys go, Hey, was Messiah born here tonight? Hey, did you see the angels that we saw? Did you guys like have those big army angels that showed up and started singing these songs? Was the Messiah born here tonight? Everybody probably thought they were nuts because... Nobody else knew what had happened that day. So they searched and they searched until they found what they were looking for. 
if something this fantastic had happened, there's going to be a long line of people, probably like there was yesterday during the Christmas thing downtown or down by the, by the river. And they probably thought that it was going to be a line like that and wall-to-wall people because it's not every day that God sends his Savior into the world. So when they arrive at the place where Jesus is, imagine the joy they feel. Not only is Messiah here, but there's nobody else here. We get to be the first ones to see him. So what made the journey even better for them had to be the fact that they were going together. Because nothing is better than researching Jesus together with your friends. See, they had somebody to talk about what they'd seen. Because nobody else is going to believe what they've just seen. Because who's going to believe that the angels just showed up in the field? Who else is going to believe that we just saw the Savior of the world? But he's a baby in a stable with the sheep. And his mom is a teenager. Nobody's going to believe that. So they are together. They, have, they can ask questions of each other. They can remember the words of the angel together. They're able to encourage each other when somebody's about to fall out of the group. They were able to search and search and search together. They were able to rejoice together when they found Jesus. See, the shepherds heard the, the word of Jesus or the word of God, and then it gave them hope, and they obeyed immediately. They went to go find him. They investigated the claims of, of the angel together. They discovered what was true. And if you are searching for Jesus, don't let anything get in your way. Don't let anything stop you from going all the way out to find him. Don't let anything stop you from knowing him, from being near to him. See, Jesus explained, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And I am the one that you have to come to. No one comes next to the Father except through me. To know me is to know my Father too. See, the sound of hope is saying to someone, hey, come with me. Let's go see this thing that the Lord has done. The sound of hope is friends who love Jesus and want to investigate his claims together who want to investigate his life, his death, his resurrection, his coming again. Friends who work out passages of scripture together. Friends who feed the homeless together. Friends who attend worship together. Friends who pray with one another. Friends who keep each other accountable. Friends who will stay up together all night long till stupid o'clock in the morning talking through their problems together. That's what the sound of hope is. The sound of hope is also telling other people about Jesus and what he's done in your life. See, when they had seen him, they went and they spread the word telling other people what had been, what had been told them about this child. These shepherds had an amazing story to tell other people about how God's light had shone and the, the glory had burst forth into their lives. About how this angel had appeared, how Messiah had been born, how this army of angels had all appeared praising God all in one voice together. And I think it's safe to assume that not a single one of them was a public speaker. 
and not a single one of them had a degree in broadcast journalism. They spoke to sheep all day long. And if they spoke to sheep like I speak to my cats, their vocabulary probably consisted of things like, I love you, and you mama's little fooey baby, aren't you? I mean, that's how I talk to my cat. But none of that mattered because their encounter with God and meeting the Savior of the world impacted their lives so much that they had, they had, they had to share their story with everybody. It compelled them. They could not keep it inside of them. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. See, when the shepherds shared their story, all who heard it were deeply affected by that story. The sound of hope is you telling your Jesus story to those around you. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Because you have a story that is not my story. You have a story that is not Pastor Steve's story. It's your story of what Jesus has done in your life. And people are out there living in darkness, and they need you to allow Jesus to shine his light of glory from your life into their lives. It's that same light that first surrounded those shepherds that night. Because your testimony is the sound of hope from God that is within us telling them that God is near. That he is not some magical thing that nobody knows about. That he is real. And that he is true because Jesus has changed your life and that he can change their lives too. And just like the shepherds, you don't have to have a degree in journalism or in public speaking or in theology. When it comes to the people within your circle of influence, all they need to know is that you are you and that Jesus is Jesus and that he changed your life. And you can do that today just by living an authentic life that is focused on Jesus and focused on living with him. You can do that by being a friend and a good listener to the friends around you. You can do that by praying for those friends and by praying for the natural opportunities that God will allow you to speak into their lives about what God's doing in your life. Romans 1.16 promises us, that the gospel or the good news is the power of God that brings salvation. That is an amazing thought when you think that your life and your story has the power of God for salvation within it. When you go tell it on the mountains, go tell it on the campus, that Jesus Christ is born, that you have power within your words, you have power within your, the way that you live, to tell other people who Jesus is. And their lives will change dramatically. And they will be amazed because of the way that you live your life. Another sound of hope, and this one's kind of weird, is that it's quiet reflection. Sometimes the best sound is no sound at all. <clears throat> Mary, did you know that your baby boy who gives sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will calm a storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? 
When you kiss your little baby, you've kissed the face of God. See, I can remember being a kid and thinking that it took Christmas 40 years to get here. And my husband Steve often tells me, because he has to wait for me everywhere we go, because I have no concept of time, that I am slower than Christmas because he remembers when it took 40 years for Christmas to get here. And now that I'm older, I catch myself saying, wasn't it just Christmas last week? Like, how did it get here so quickly? And during Advent, we can be so busy shopping and going to Christmas parties and doing Christmas activities and Christmas programs and traveling home and volunteering and finals week and all of these things that we get in danger of filling our days with so much doing that we forget being. And Psalm 37, seven says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. See, Mary treasured God's words to her. It says, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart in verse 19. She actively remembered and reflected on what God had spoken to her earlier when Gabriel came to her and told her that she was going to carry the Son of God. She remembered the scriptures that she had grown up with and knew. And she remembered what, the, what these shepherds had come and told her, what these angels had said. One of the definitions of the word treasured is to preserve a thing from perishing or being lost. Some of us, I have, I have a huge box in my garage that goes with me no matter where I move to. And it has all of my childhood treasures in it. Some of them are really weird because back when Smurfs first came out, back before they looked really weird like they do now when they were original Smurfs, I still have the 100 Smurfs that I collected. Yeah. And my dad built me this hanging shelf. It was three tiers, and I had a whole Smurf village that hung in my room, and I still have that with all my Smurfs and everything. That goes everywhere with me. I don't hang it up. It's still in my garage. <laughs> but... It's, it's, it's my treasure. I still have a turtle that I carried with me when I twirled a baton in competitions, and it's still in that box. It's a treasure for me. And there's some things that my mom had and that my dad had that are treasures. And every once in a while, when we move, I'll open that box and I'll take them out and I'll think about those things. And that's what Mary was doing, that she was treasuring these things in her heart. That she didn't have a box, but she had that box inside of her heart that she would think about these things. What happens is, Deuteronomy chapter 11, God said that when we fix his words in our minds and that we talk about them day and night, that we remind ourselves to believe what he said. So if we don't take the time to stop and treasure God's word and ponder what he's doing in our lives, that we can forget what it all means that we can forget what he's promised, and then gradually we start to just drift away from God, that we stop listening to what he's saying to us, that we forget the sound of hope. So if our thoughts are not fixed daily on God, our eyes begin to wander to distraction, our hearts start listening to all the noise around us, and before long we start wondering, where did God go? Why can't I hear him anymore? Why do I feel so hopeless? Quiet reflection keeps us focused on the sound of hope. 
1 Samuel 12, 21 says, Don't turn away to follow worthless things that do not profit and do not deliver you because they are worthless. Mary didn't turn away because she took the time to just be and to remember God's promises. She didn't veer off course because her heart and her mind were continually remembering God's word and God's promises. And she listened to the sound of hope being spoken into her heart and mind. Mary had learned selective hearing. And when it came to the sound of hope, she knew where her hope came from. So as you're going through this Advent season, we're in, we're in week number two, are you taking the time to reflect on what the birth of Jesus means in your life? Are you treasuring up the moments when you see God's reflection of joy in a child, in the light of a candle, in the sounds of the words, when somebody says, God bless you, or Merry Christmas? Are you taking time away from just doing and just spend some time being? Don't miss the sound of hope. Make some quiet space in your time so that you can just be. The last one is the set for the sound of hope is glorifying God. Finally, we hear the sound of hope when the shepherds return, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen because they were just as they had been told. See, as much as these guys wanted to stay in Bethlehem because when something awesome happens, you don't want to leave it. You want to stay right where it is. You want to keep experiencing it. They wanted to keep telling everybody what they'd seen and heard. They wanted to keep going over it over and over again. But they couldn't stay there. They had a job. They had sheep they had to get back to. So they returned home. And the guys who returned weren't the same guys who left the field earlier. Their lives had been changed dramatically. And they glorified God about all that they had seen and heard and experienced. And to glorify means to see and know the attributes of God and then to speak about those attributes. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. See, long after the last gift has been opened this season, and the last ornament has been put away, and the last after Christmas sale has been shopped, you can still glorify and praise God because you can keep the sound of hope alive year-round. And my prayer for you is that you tune your heart to the sound of hope and that you tune your ears to the sound of hope. And if you've never decided to follow Jesus, that you will hear and respond to that today, that you will hear that same invitation that the shepherds heard and that you will follow him and that everything that he says you know is true. And that for all of us, my prayer is, is that we'll turn our hearts and our ears to the sound of hope and rejoice and reflect on what Jesus has done in our lives. And that we'll take time to just stop doing and to just be for a few minutes. Put into practice selective hearing for the sound of hope. Because what a difference it makes in how you celebrate Christmas. I want to do that example one more time where I want you to yell the name of Jesus as we selectively hear who the sound of hope is about, okay? So one, two, three. Jesus! Okay, but one, one more time, really loud. One, two, three. Jesus! Amen. 
You have a Merry Christmas. Thank you for letting me be here and throw candy at you and tell you about the sound of hope. God bless you. So for your next step, man, this is a great uh, sermon in a sermon. You've heard the buzzing of the, the band comes up to lead us in a closing song. And um, the thing is, that's in the sound system with the movie theater that the buzzing is. So it's a buzzing we can't do anything about. And that's the way a lot of times it's going to be this week when you try to have that quiet reflection time. There's going to be noise you can't do anything about. So the next step I, I would challenge us all to is find a way to get away from the buzzing and get that quiet reflection and just be in the presence of God. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this message today, the sound of hope. Thank you, Lord, for touching our hearts and reminding us, Lord, of uh, so many of these songs that Tina so beautifully shared with us. Lord, they bring hope to us. So maybe that's part of our next step is just to take one or two of these Christmas songs, these carols that we just kind of sing and hear sung, but stop and think about those words as we just be in quiet reflection to you this week. Whatever our next step is, Lord, we pray that it's with you and it's for your praise and your glory, Lord, because that's what we want, to glorify you in this season and every season. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys, stand with us as we sing. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AwakenChurchLA.